Do you believe in nonviolence? It was a well-known question the great 20th century Celtic prophet George MacLeod would use to greet people instead of a hello or how are you. He lived the way of compassion and believed the spiritual was to be found deep in the physical and that heaven is to be served in the material needs of humanity and the earth. Matter matters was another of his beloved phrases. MacLeod once prayed, in all created things thou art there. In every friend we have, the sunshine of thy presence is shown forth. In every enemy that seems to cross our path, thou art there within the cloud to challenge us to love. Because everything and everyone was sacred, MacLeod found in that holiness an imperative to care for others, and not merely their souls, but their bodies as well. He was a passionate advocate for peace and nonviolence. MacLeod also spoke of being earthed again. Surely the role of the church, he said, is to emphatically proclaim that this is precisely where God is to be found, in the matter of the earth and in humanity's relationship to it. His vision is needed more than ever today. We gratefully welcome his voice in this episode. listening to Holy Heresy, a podcast that looks for the questions found at the intersection of spirituality, justice, and the arts. Holy Heresy is brought to you by the First Congregational Church of Los Angeles. A few years ago, National Geographic published an article entitled, Lost Tribes of the Green Sahara. Archaeologists had unearthed some 200 graves near a vanished lake that indicated parts of the vast desert had once been fertile. Upon examination of the bones, two distinct communities emerged that lived at least a thousand years apart. The condition of the bones revealed everything from lifestyle to work, age, diet, disease, and habits. The Kifion people ate coarse grain and never traveled far beyond where they had settled. The bones of the Trinarian people revealed they were more lightly built and were herders 
depending upon hunting and fishing for their diet. Ezekiel, in our reading this morning, finds himself at a kind of excavation, a striking scene of a valley filled with bones. In the vision, he is led around this haphazard graveyard. What did these bones reveal of the lives they once upheld? They are very dry, we are told, a hint not only of time past, but also of the seriousness of the suffering that has occurred. These bones are bad water basin in Death Valley dry, that hottest, driest, lowest point in North America, once a lake. Its evaporation tens of thousands of years ago left salt deposits that crunch under your feet as you walk on them. Piles snaking across the desert floor, sometimes so hard and sun-baked they can twist your ankles in an instant if you are not careful. In Ezekiel's dry valley is evidence not only of physical death, but of spiritual death as well. These bones, the Spirit intimates to the prophet, are the entire house of Israel. Listen, can you hear them crying out still? Our bones are dried up, and our hope has perished. We are completely finished. Israel has found that place even beyond lament. Fifty, perhaps sixty years into exile in modern-day Iraq, they wonder if they'll ever return home to their land. Human one, can these bones live again? God, only you know. Reeling from the loss and trauma of our pandemic age, our bodies perhaps tell the story best. A study published by NBC News about the pandemic's toll on our bodies revealed a 70% increase in teeth grinding, an increase in hair loss, irregular sleeping, pandemic-induced night terrors from stress and job loss and our nation's fractured life and fear of the future. We have suffered vitamin deficiency from poor pandemic eating habits, weakened hearts with less movement, weight gain too, and weight loss, anxiety, depression, a pandemic itself within the larger. Even our bones, it was reported, tell the tale. Many of our postures were fundamentally altered with new work routines. Repetitive stress injuries caused fractures and structural changes, and our bones in general weakened. Human one, can these bones live again? God, only you know. It was an illuminating experience this week reading Ezekiel through the lens of the Celtic Christian tradition, and more specifically through one of its 20th century prophets, George MacLeod. One of his oft-repeated catchphrases, matter matters. The matter of the human body the matter of Earth's body, the matter of the body politic. This was the heart of his vision, an all-encompassing, compassionate vision outside of which no one and no thing lied. When MacLeod spoke of Christ, he pointed not only to the historical figure of Jesus, but also to the sacred merger of divine and human, spirit and matter in all people and things. We, each of us, has been given union with God, he said. Whether we like it or not, or know it or not, our flesh is mingled with God's. 
And we can't simply jump out of our skins. Speaking of the gospel, he questioned, is it really the declaration of the spiritual world over against the material? Is it that the physical, the earthly, is a very passing account? That matter doesn't matter while spirit matters everything? I just cannot find it in the Bible. What he did find in the Bible were communities who, for thousands of years, discovered and rediscovered the imminent divine present with them, active within their world and themselves. Jesus the Christ, McLeod further noted, came in a body and healed bodies and honored bodies and fed bodies, restoring them to life, community, and dignity. McLeod's was a challenge to popular strains of Christianity that persist even today, that place little value on our bodies, but immense value on our souls. The latter, so the theology goes, are what Jesus came to save. Our souls, apart from God now, are the true part of us that will fly away and reunite with God some glad morning. Our bodies are just earthly shells, temporarily housing what is sacred within. It is unsurprising, then, where the church's energies have been placed and where they have not. For getting the soul saved is more important than getting the body fed. Escapist theologies like these find easy justification for ignoring the reality of suffering and experiences of inequity and injustice because ultimately they are not in the church's realm of responsibility. They might pray and lament others' conditions, but soon fix their eyes toward the eternal home they are certain to inhabit one day and making sure you do as well, lest you end up in the bad place. McLeod, always ready with a turn of phrase, challenged soul salvation with whole salvation, W-H-O-L-E, salvation. For we are not escape artists, he said, nor was Jesus. We are not called to seek liberation from the world, but a liberation for the world. To be part of God's salvation means taking part in the healing of the world here and now bringing what is torn and tossed out back into relationship again. Justice, he said, is the absolute imperative of sacredness. For whom? For all. For all is sacred. Black and brown necks kneeled on and crushed to death in the United States or in Palestine are part of sacred bodies. Millions of young women who suffer genital mutilation around the world each year, denied the fullness of God's gifts of abundant life, are sacred bodies. John Grant in Oklahoma, tortured to death by lethal injection to teach him that killing is wrong, bore the image of God in his body. Women denied health care, denied believability in the face of their expressed pain, are sacred bodies. Trans people murdered in record numbers this year were sacred bodies. Starving, desperate Haitians whipped at the border are sacred bodies, worthy of dignity. The hurting in our community, the hungry under encampments, under bridges, and lining overpriced apartment buildings, and behind our church are sacred, their bodies sacred, worthy of compassion. 
how we need a new vision that compels us to live as if all are truly made in God's image. Every cell of them, every atom, holy, worthy expressions of God among us. I believe such a vision is found in Ezekiel's. For the prophet is set right in the middle of the Valley of Bones, not apart from it, not looking down from some ridge far removed, but from within it. His purpose there is not merely as a spectator to all, of the spirit, all that the Spirit of God can do, nor is the purpose just to learn in a fresh, striking way God's option for those who suffer. Nor is it just to learn that while we go through some stuff that fundamentally changes us, we are never left alone or abandoned. Nor is it just to learn that it is not only our souls for which God cares, but also the well-being of every part of us, every ligament, artery, and bone. Yes, it is all these, but it is also for Ezekiel and perhaps us today to learn what true partnership with God might mean. Ezekiel reports, God said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear God's word. God proclaims to these bones, I am about to put breath in you and you will live again. I will put sinews on you, place flesh on you and cover you with skin. When I put breath in you and you come to life, you will know that I am God. We are asked to raise our voice speak hope and peace and truth amid our collective pain and watch what new life like spring might emerge again. We speak the sacredness of all life, insist upon it in our lives, our church's life, our nation's life, our planet's life, and see how what was ripped apart might be reconciled and unioned again that we might see what matter and spirit, human and divine, can do together. Watch us rise again. I love that Ezekiel's vision happens in a valley. The scripture itself extending to the, extending to the earth the same health-giving vision. Might we extend ours there as well, to the bones of bleached reefs, and fish scorched and dying under the ocean's waters, to the bones of some 60% of all vertebrate animals wiped out because of climate change since 1970, and ever drying, ever warming valleys and mountains and seas. Matter matters, said George MacLeod. The matter of our bodies, the body of the earth, the body politic, our wholeness, all of it matters. If the Spirit is still breathing life into us in the world, and I believe in my bones that it is, it must be trying to get this message home, that we might finally act as if we're living the five-alarm fire that we are. In the Talmud, one of the rabbis suggests that the choices we make throughout our lives for good or ill are engraved into our bones an indelible, telltale record of how we conducted the lives given to us. What will our bones tell? I hope, among other things, they will tell of compassion, how we were stirred enough to help alleviate the suffering of another and of our world, and for the care of our own sacred, hurting bodies.
Can these bones live again? God, you know, and we know, and every fiber of our bones. Breathe life into us again, Holy One. I will put you on fertile land again, says our God. May it be so for us and for all life. Amen. podcast and would like to support these continuing conversations, visit fccla.org give and follow the prompts. Donations are tax deductible and all gifts support the social outreach, faith-based exploration, and commitment to the arts that is First Church. Holy Heresy comes from the conversations that begin in our live services on Sunday mornings. Each week we explore the growing edges of theological thought, the exploration of the links between science and religion, the challenges of spiritual practice in 21st century Los Angeles, and most of all, the joys of sharing community in the creative capital of the world. This podcast is produced and directed by David Harris and Laura Velfragan, David Garcia Saldana, Production Manager, Laurel Irene, Audio Mixing. Originally recorded by Mark Doten, Casper Abbo, Danny Hess, Cameron Johnston, and David Mitchell. Musical credits for this episode include Jump by David Lee Roth, Edward Van Halen, and Alex Van Halen, arranged and performed on the great organs by Christoph Bull. Sanctus from the Mass by Patrick Cassidy, performed by Laude, directed by David Harris, and Christoph Bull. Nunrua a la Velda by Jacques von Ortmansen, performed by Christoph Bull, and Compassion Meditation by David Harris, performed by Laude. Thank you for being here today, where all are welcome.